We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Day More NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. Recording this Wednesday evening, June 29th. Hoping to record something that is kind of evergreen here. Uh, Wolf stuff just because I don't know if they're going to trade someone or whatever in the, the next 48 hours. So we're going to stay away from the whole offseason for this episode. Actually, these next two episodes and just focus on the Wolves' two first-round draft picks for this episode. We'll just be doing a film review of Walker Kessler, the Wolves' uh, 22nd overall pick in the first round. Uh, in the week, kind of now since the draft, I've had the chance to actually watch a good amount of Kessler's tape, ready to dig into what we saw, what we didn't see, what we think we might eventually see from Walker Kessler. And to do that, I am joined by Will DeBerg. Um, Will played overseas, coach at the University of St. Thomas, uh, but those of you listening to this probably will recognize Will's voice from uh, our draft coverage we've done the past few years. Uh, this year, it didn't really work timing-wise for, for Will and I to do a whole bunch of pre-draft uh, film review episodes. So we're just going to focus on Walker Kessler and Wendell Moore Jr. with kind of post-draft film reviews of those players. So like I said, this episode will be focused on Walker Kessler. Tomorrow's episode will be again with Will, and that will focus on Wendell Moore Jr. Will, how are you? you? Ready to do this? I'm good, man. Yeah, let's get into it. All right. So the way I want to kind of think about this is is asking three questions with uh, Walker Kessler, and that's what do we feel confident he'll be able to do in the league right away or just in general, what he'll be able to do in the league we're confident in, uh, what he won't be able to do in the NBA, and what he thinks what we think he might be able to do over time in, in the league. So when I, when I say that starting with the, what you think he will definitely be able to do in the league, what, what kind of comes to mind for you? I mean, it's probably the obvious one, right? Which is what he can do on the defensive side of the ball. Right. I think he, I mean, if you just, if you look at it, he was the national defensive player of the year. Uh, he blocks a ton of shots. He's massive. He's honestly guys who are that big. Usually, aren't maybe that coordinated or don't move as well. He gets up and down the floor really well. So, I mean, at the, at the very least, I think he'll be able to defend, rebound, run the floor. Yeah, I think that too. That Those are the two I had down was protect the rim and then rebound both offensively and defensively for this team. I think I think at Summer League, we'll, we'll really see 
those two things right away. I mean, you've been there at Summer League before. It's a lot of times the the senders, quote unquote, of the other team is like a six foot seven, six eight dude. Walker Kessler is over seven feet tall without shoes. He's he'll probably be listed at like seven two um, in the league. So physically, he he should be able to dominate at the summer league level with skills that I think should translate to the NBA even even as a rookie. I mean, that that a shot blocking skill set typically translates pretty well from from the college level to you know to the pro level and then also i think rebounding uh obviously a big need for the wolves there as as well but i think those are the two things really with the bullet we can be like walker kessler will do that in summer league and then if and when he plays for the wolves he will be able to defend the rim and rebound with yeah this group. Well, i mean one thing i thought i mean you obviously how, you always have the question with the draft. You, do you draft based on need or do you draft based on like mm-hmm. best player available? And it's clear that the Wolves with this pick were like, we got to address what we struggle with, which was mm-hmm. protecting the rim, keeping Cat out of foul trouble, which is they probably go hand in hand a little bit, um, and, and rebounding. So, yeah, I think Summer League, it can be a little bit of a – I feel like big guys probably get the short end of the stick a little <laughs> bit in, in Summer League just with how many guards and wings and how – fast and sloppy the game can be um but yeah it'll be it'll be fun to watch him for sure i think um with with the rim protection thing uh just i kind of went back today and just looked at a bunch of the his pick and roll possessions there and and that's a that's a big the big question i think with walker kessler defensively is how they will use him right um as you said he isn't your big lumbering seven footer right. he does he does move a little bit but it is somewhat of an open question of you know how he will be able to defend in pick and roll coverage and what stood out to me and I wanted to ask you about this was I mean if we if we define super basic level of pick and roll coverage of are you up at the level or are you dropping more often you would say Kessler was a drop big in that sort of way but it was a lot of like weaking pick and rolls yeah. where, where you're kind of, it's kind of an in-between there where you're kind of up showing into, into a drop in that sort of way. And it felt not to cut you off. It felt like they kind of gave him the green light a little bit to, to pick and choose right. spots, which I don't know if that was coaching. If that was just like, Hey, do it. I mean, you're a good defender, do what you want. Right. Uh, but I did. Cause there was times he was up in the passing lane, getting steals and mm-hmm. starting fast breaks. And there were other times that he was in a complete drop coverage. Yeah, like I, I wish. I mean, I think about this now through like the the lens of how when I cover the Wolves and I'm noticing things that that change and are different. Like, I wish I could have asked Bruce Pearl. You know, I wish I was right. there covering them, and being like, "What is, like, what is your coverage plan with with Walker Kessler? What do you think he does best? Why in this why in this game did you have him be up at the level all the time? And maybe the answer is just the opposing team had a guy who could pull up and right and, and shoot threes in that sort of way, but Really, if you do look at Kessler's specifically his pick and roll defensive clips, it it's a lot of different things. He did do a diversity of coverages while yeah. he was there, and and I guess I don't know if that totally plays into this whole rim protection thing that he can do because what he can do is drop and defend the rim well. I don't know if I would say what Walker Kessler can for sure do is guard and pick and roll at a high level at the NBA level. Like, no, I, I wouldn't say that. I would say 
he could do deep drop yep. at, a, at a high level at the NBA level. But how much you're going to be asked to do that, specifically on the Timberwolves, who at least last season rarely did that at all. His best defensive clips were when he was in the deep drop. Yes. Not only stopping the ball and getting his arms out and, and being, you know, just a, a big, long dude that, to get into passing lanes and stuff. But then when the guard would kick it and somebody else would drive, he was kind of already in the help side, mm-hmm. which is where he obviously excels with his shot blocking, uh, his timing, his rotations were really good. Um, but it was, there was no real consistent, like, because I'm with you, I didn't really notice like a pattern with his pick and roll coverage. You know? right. They would even switch him at times too. It I don't must think it have was been a, who they were playing. I don't think right? it was effective. I thought he got beat. I mean, he's seven mm-hmm. feet tall. Like he's going to get beat by guards, but I, I think it comes back to Bruce Pearl was probably like, if you're guarding, like we'll take our chances, right? Like you're a good defender. You're like, so if, if it just, they kind of gave him free reign almost. So as a coach, how would you, if your goal ultimately with Walker Kessler is we want him to do multiple things defensively, how would you go about like approaching that as a coach? Do, do you say right away, like let, let's try out different things or do you start with just being like, just, just drop, just defend the rim. We'll add things as we go. I would lean the ladder early yeah. on. Just do what you're good at, right. and we'll take like we'll go from there. I, I just, I, I think that that makes sense to me too. I just, again, we don't know how the Wolves are going to play next year, but I don't. I, I, I struggle to like be like, okay, so if Carl's on the floor and he's playing center, you're going to be up and you're going to blitz every single time, or you're going to, you know, you're going to trap the guard, and then when Kessler's in, like. Do you think that will be a real to play so differently with your first unit center versus your second unit center? Is that do you think that'd be disorienting for the other four players around them? Maybe that's probably a question for for Finch. Chris Finch. But yeah, I, but... I mean, I don't know. My question to you is: Do you think he can play with Cat? And is there a, is there a world where, and maybe this is more of a Catish? Is there a world that he can somehow help Cat stay out of foul trouble, take some pressure off Cat? Let let Kessler be the guy to get three fouls in right. six minutes. Like, is there a world where, maybe not year one, but is in your in your mind, is there a world where that happens? I, I I'm with it. Yeah, I, I I have for a while been of the mind that I one would like to see at least that from Cat. Like, it's not that Cat hasn't played with quote unquote centers before. Like he, uh, Tibbs' first year, Gorgie and Cat both started. You know, yep. and I would say in that pairing, Cat would been the the power forward right um and then with taj gibson too like taj functioned as a center on on that team sure. at least you know offensively he and he often guarded the Jokic's and th- those type of guys but gorgie and taj aren't really they're not modern day bigs at all and, and i don't even mean that from a shooting standpoint they're not really work shooters when they were the wolves but but also just from like a a real hard rim roller that was neither of their games or as a real rim protector. I mean, Gorgie kind of defended the rim, but Kessler is a, he's if a he plays, he's different. If he plays next to cat, it will look different. I think than any other time that we've seen cat play next to another quote unquote big. I mean, he's, he will be Kessler will be the best shot blocker in theory that cats played with and i'm not sure it's even remotely I, close, yeah i mean right? it would be gorg <laughs> kg as a rookie i don't but could kg jump yeah. then i don't yeah no. and this isn't to say necessarily that kessler is going to be an awesome shot blocker in the nba but 
in college, I mean, he had two or three games with like 10 or 11 blocks. Like he looked like a college. <laughs> just for, if you haven't watched him, he kind of looked like he played like a Rudy Gobert type mm-hmm. in college. Yeah. I mean, he had 10 blocks for 100 possessions. I have a stat in here too. He had a 19.1 block rate this year. And that's the best mark in college basketball since 2008. Yeah. When Larry Sanders had a block rate of 19.3. I mean, I don't think people realize how crazy that number is. That it's, it's insane. And I mean, I think it was a lot of it was helped. I mean, Jabari Smith was awesome. Yeah. uh, Defensively out there next to him, often on the perimeter, you know? Um, But I would say that Walker Kessler was just as important to Jabari Smith's defense. As, as vice versa, I, I said mean, that poorly, but Auburn had, I think it was like the fourth or fifth or sixth. Don't quote me on this, but one of the top six or seven defensive ratings in college basketball. And I think that kind of stems with like, it goes back to Walker Kessler. It, it gives guards and wings confidence. Like, Hey, right. I can go be aggressive. I can pressure the ball. I can do all this stuff knowing that if I get beat, like we're in, still in good shape. Yeah. I mean, that that's kind of how Kessler first came on my radar. Like we were, before we were like, all right, we're not doing pre-draft podcast. We we were gonna go, we were gonna go through at least all the lottery guys and do that. And we watched film on Jabari and Bancaro and Chet. And really, that was the first time Kessler came on to my radar. I'm watching just the Jabari clips. Yep. I'm like, who's this big white dude? Right. Like, and I I knew. I mean, I don't follow college basketball during the season. All I like, I don't even know if I'd heard the name before. I didn't know he was like a draft prospect at all, but I was kind of like, this is really helping Jabari. Like not only, um, you know, not only on the defensive end too, but it's funny because again, Kessler only shot 20% from three this year, but I was like, oh, this is kind of nice for Jabari where he's got this, this big seven footer guy who can space the floor. I didn't know what the percentage was, but Kessler was a big part of why Jabari Smith was really successful this year. And I mean, Jabari maybe is going to be more of like a wing type of player in the league. But in college, he was a floor spacing big. Totally. Which is what Cat is. And and I think that should be encouraging. And to the, to the point of being able to play next to each other, I think for sure on offense, that should be really helpful. Because even, and we're going to get to the jump shot at, at some point, but even if the jump shot isn't there, Kessler with his size as a target, as a role man, is going to create space. The other, we normally think of spacing, right? It's like pulling people out to the perimeter. You can create spacing by pulling perimeter defenders into the rolling big. And I think Kessler will be able to do that. And if Cat's spotted up on the perimeter, if he's surrounded by, you know, Beasley, D'Lo, Ant, shooters like that around him. I mean, I really think Kessler playing next to Cat could be advantageous on on offense as right. as well i don't know if i have no idea how much they will go to that but even though you drafted walker kessler to be a role player it's still a first round pick right you don't i don't think you just draft a guy 22nd overall with your long-term vision being all right man 13 minutes a night for the next six years cats right. under contract like you have to Right. play them together at least some well we just went through before the the pod we went through the 20 through 30 of the 2020 draft and right. like eight or nine of those guys are playing like big minutes on playoff teams mm-hmm. and they're not the best player on these playoff teams but they're guys who are playing very very important do minutes. you have that list up again yeah i think so 
I mean, that's the this is the Jade. Well, we did this draft, and that was the first draft. I think right. we we went through the 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 two of us where Jaden was the was the twenty eighth pick, Bain was the thirtieth. But do you have them there? Read them yeah. Off. So, I'll, from nineteen to thirty, and so these are guys. I mean, you can find other drafts where nineteen to thirty are probably guys who are right. early. But in the twenty twenty draft, nineteen through thirty, Sadiq Bay, Precious, Tyrese Maxey, Zeke Naji, Leandro Balmero, R.J. Hampton. But then you go Emmanuel quickly, Peyton Pritchard, Jaden McDaniels, Malachi Flynn, Desmond Bain. I mean, and all playoff guys playing meaningful, and all probably will ultimately like peak as really good role players. I mean, maybe Maxi has some like right. star upside. Bain, but Bain guys, has like but, star role. But guys player. with real like not red flags, but guys with real like legit holes in their games mm-hmm. coming into the draft, where you're like, I don't know if it's gonna. But now guys who have are kind of excelled within their role right. and who are very valuable. Let's uh, let's take a quick break and then let's come back and talk about what some of those holes in, in Kessler's game might be. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. All righty, we are back with Will DeBerg. We are going through Walker Kessler's film at Auburn. We're talking about what we think he will be able to do in the league, what he won't be able to do, and what he might be able to do. We started with what we feel confident he'll be able to do. Um, what what sticks out to you as things that Walker Kessler won't be able to do as a rookie and might never be able to do in the NBA? I mean, the obvious one is the shot, but I think we'll talk about that. The other thing that's a little concerning is going back to defense is for how good he was at blocking shots. I thought he'd left his feet way too much, yep. which got him in foul trouble, which Jumpy. Just, just put him out of position. Um, so for a guy who's already an elite shot blocker, I think there's still, that's still a, like, he can still get better at that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, even in situations where like he would have a guy kind of locked up in the 15 foot range and the guy would just pump fake and he'd fly at him and either get a foul or, you know, right. just be completely out of position. So where I think he's, he's awesome. I still think like he needs to get more discipline, stay on mm-hmm. his feet. Just like, just realize like, if you just stay on your feet and put your hands up, you're already there. You're already there. And <laughs> yeah. like make guys hit shots over you. So that, that was on the defensive end. Cause I think he's a very good defensive player. Like I've said, but I do think there's, there's 
growth to be had there. Yeah, I would, I would, I would agree with that. I don't think I would put that in a like that will be a can't forever. Um, right. I think it'll be a, a, a learned skill. But you're right. Coming in, he will have foul problems. He will. Yeah, he, he has will, the and little, ones. He has a little that where Cat would just try to block a shot when he yep. had no chance and just particularly give, like earlier career rebound, yep. take himself out of the play. The so one, that's the one that still because I think if he's going to play early, it's going to be because he's a good defender. Right. So, so that's something he needs to, to shore up. And I guess if it is only a 13 minute a game role, it doesn't really matter how many fouls you pick up. Right. Like as long as pick it's up cat, three. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Not if you and cat. Yeah. Uh, the, the one that really stood out to me of, as a won't be able to do, and I think this is probably a never will be able to do, is post up. It's just not a part of his game at all. He gets bumped down there and loses his center of gravity balance in that sort of way. I mean, he just he looks yeah. like a dude who grew up playing just on offense, shooting threes on the perimeter. I have that exact note. I, like. <laughs> He he plays strong until he has the ball, and you it's ask so him to, until you ask him to do something. And somebody just kind of like leans on his hip, yeah. and he just kind of like tips over. I would, I guess, I mean, I agree with you, but I would counter that with, does that matter? Like, no, it. it I, I actually talked about this. Uh, we we had the introductory press conference for for Kessler a little bit, so maybe some people have already heard this, but yeah, I I, I went through it, and then his numbers were terrible in post up situations. Um. At, at Auburn last year, but I mean, would you like your big to be able to do that? I guess. But in 2022 in the NBA, there was, there was only five centers in the NBA last year who averaged over a point per possession in post-up situation, post-ups that led to a shot. Right. And who were they? Do you know, uh, Jokic Embiid, Jarrett Allen randomly. Um, I don't, remember cat wasn't on it though cat was like 0.9 i mean cat had a tough year posting up because he got doubled all the time but like that that's a yeah. that's actually a pretty that's pretty consistent over the cat's I mean, normally in that group but it's normally like five six seven centers who can do it and they're oftentimes the elite centers in the league i just i would just say to people who are you know haven't watched kessler are going to see him play for the first time he's not going to be that dude who just like goes on the block like seals and is right. like feed me he's bad at it. it it is he is he catches in those situations and it's it's awkward when he tries to like go to a hook or try and be physical in a post situation typically what he'll do is like try and take a fade away it's and, like that awkward like 10 foot hook shot exactly so i you're 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 totally right i i don't think that will be a very costly thing um for him but I do think it'll be a never thing for him. Yeah. It's just he plays with good force rolling to the rim. So if he can just like catch it on the move on the run and just dunk it right away, sure. But when he has to kind of like he catches it on the roll and there's like a guy or two there and he has to like figure he has to do he, a move yes. into the dunk or a move into the layup. That's when it gets a little dicey. And that's one of my concerns, like because I do think there's a world where like as a short roll man. If he can kind of learn how to, because he's got good hands. That's yeah. the one thing that I think being seven one. Finch said like, that yesterday. He's got really good hands, and so, and that's you can't teach that, right? You just right. kind of do or you don't. But if he can, <laughs> most get of a, the wolves' current bigs don't. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's a short roll, man. If he can just get a little bit more, like, not robotic, where it's like he can mm -hmm. just instead of just catching it and think like put my head down and try to like shoot it. I had that down as a maybe. That that's, uh, I think that's gonna 
take this with a grain of salt, kind of determine his success a little bit, especially right. offensively. Yeah, because at the end of the day, if all you, can, if all he can, if we're right that he can for sure defend the rim and rebound at a high level, that isn't going to be enough to be more than a 13 minute a game right. player in the league, just a backup center. He needs to add the short role playmaking, which I would say is a maybe, or and or the shooting, which I think is also a maybe. Would you are you putting that in the the never category or it's so hard to say. I mean, like gun to my head, I'd probably say no. I mean, he shot 20 per well, he made 10 threes. He yeah. shot 54% from the line. I don't not like, not good statistical indicators. No, and I don't the form I, I hope I'm wrong and and like a lot can change, right? Like there's guys who have come into this league who have mm-hmm. not been able to shoot who then are good shooters. So with the right shooting coach, with the right see man, what what I go to is he looks comfortable doing it. He does. He looks like he's he's played basketball his whole life taking threes. My guess is in high school in AAU, he shot whatever he wanted. If mm-hmm. I had to guess, right? I never watched him play a second of high school basketball. Mm-hmm. But if I had to guess, like he was just like you're open, shoot it, like without any. There was like a Conley was up there with him at the when he was doing his introductory press conference, and and he kind of like Conley made a joke to Kessler sitting up there about only shooting twenty percent from three last year. And I think and kind of know the reason he's making that joke is because Conley and Finch and everybody in that organization does not think that 20% is representative. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to some extent, like we can just go small sample size with it. He only took 50 and he made, you know, he made, t- it's not a tiny sample size, but I really do think internally in the Wolves organization, they for sure have it as a maybe or or yeah. maybe have it as a thing they really think Kessler will be able to do. And really, it's, I mean, I don't know, you take one or two a game. It's not, we're not talking about being a cat and, right. you know, taking eight in games. If he can, if he can do, well, let's just say if he can, if he, if the shot is something he can be relied upon to do even 33%, like 33% three point shooter and also be a role man playmaker. Now, you are talking about a starting center for sure. If, because, if we're right about the rim protection translating to the next level, I mean, that is, I don't know. I mean, that's like a $15 million yeah. big in, in the league these days. If you can do those things, what did you just think about it? Mechanically his shot. I, well, I think there are two ways to answer this question. One is I think like hand eye coordination and shooting go hand in hand. And I think he's, he strikes me as a guy who's really coordinated, just he's got good hands, he's got pretty good footwork. Like Good golfer, the, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Runs the floor well. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, And I think, so I think, I know that has nothing really to do necessarily from a shooting standpoint, but I do think hand-eye coordination and shooting are very correlated. Totally. From an actual shot mechanic standpoint, I thought it was a little inconsistent. I mean, he shoots it from his shoulder, mm-hmm. maybe even behind his shoulder. And I thought... Again, I watched him shoot 53s or guys out there who've watched him. So maybe I'm wrong, but he. No, that, that's what the 53s look. You're right. That's it what looks the 53s different. Look like. it, sometimes it's up a little bit higher. Sometimes it's literally from his shoulder. Yeah. So I don't know. I It's it's always it's always concerning when, when I don't know if you shoot the ball the same way. Every totally. Time. That That is the biggest red flag. I, I mean, I kind of lean into believing in or just trusting the fact that the Timberwolves have done substantially more you know background and research on this and so i i, I don't know i think if they right. do genuinely believe in it there's, there's probably something to that well that's but, the thing admittedly we've seen he took 53s that's yeah all, that's what we've all seen all 53s that we've ever seen so. but there might have been i mean in those 53s there might have been 
we could probably pull five different clips and be like, this three didn't look like this three didn't look like either of the, you know what I mean? He it some, was he has some bad misses too. He does. He does. He also had uh I, I there was also a handful of them that really were like in and outs too. True. So I was like kind of thinking about that. I'm like, and then I then I just was like, all right, I'm not getting married to this 20% number at all. I know I'm not gonna bank on him being a 40% shooter, but I'm just gonna go by kind of the way it looks and the way it, it feels. And I think the way it it's weird to say, like I, I feel more confident in Kessler because he seems confident in it. Yeah. Then I lose some of that confidence when I watch 10 of those shots in a row because, right. because they do look different. You would think that's something that gets ironed out in an NBA player development program. I, I would think so. Yeah. The other thing too, and again, I don't know how much weight this carries, but watching those guards on Auburn, it like to be Jabari or to be Kessler, like those those guards did not do them any favors. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. they they didn't set them up well. They took a lot of really bad shots. It was almost like they didn't realize that they were they were playing with two first round picks. I mean, it's a real case for Jabari to be like. It's unbelievable. Like it was because Jabari was taking hard shots, hard shots. And so I also give both Jabari and Walker Kessler a little bit of a break there because mm-hmm. they weren't playing with guys who were actively looking to like set them up and make their lives easier. And you know, they're just it, trying, they're just trying to not turn it over, like not turn it over or like get theirs. Right. And it was, I don't know. I found it. I have no, t- I'm not an Auburn fan by any means, but I was like kind of frustrated watching it. Cause mm-hmm. when I would, I watched a couple of like his full games just to get the, the feel for that. And man, some of those, <laughs> those guards were, they, they thought they were the first round <laughs> they played like that. put me in the mix yeah. um I, I think the the one other question mark I have for for Kessler, most of my questions with Kessler are, are the offensive end right and what are the you know where is he going to be used and how is he going to be used and this kind of comes back to the cat thing of like how do you like set up your offensive chessboard if Walker Kessler's on the floor you know is they kind of need to make a decision on is he going to be a guy who starts in the dunker every single time or or are you going to kind of try and just have him out there as a four spacer right where he just comes down and he starts the possession above the break and obviously choosing the latter option there of just being a four spacer he's going to need to prove that he can shoot some right but being able to do both and possession himself in the dunker and above the break if he can do both those things, that'll do Carl a lot of favors yeah. in, in being able to use Carl in different ways um, offensively. What, what do you think, or how would you go about it in terms of positioning Kessler? I mean, like early on, I just, again, dunker, dunker spot. Cause yeah. I, cause again, I think he's a good athlete. And I think he's got good hands and I think he finishes well around mm-hmm. if he's going to get on the floor early next year in his first, you know, one or two years, I mean, again, from what I've seen, I would have him more in that dunker spot. Yeah, I, what I would do is I would do like the, you know, it's kind of step one and two of the progression, right? Start in the dunker. If Cat's running a pick and roll with D'Lo or Ant, then you're moving to the corner, right? Yeah. And and that's a good place to start shooting threes too. If you're somebody who has some question marks surrounding your shot, like let's take corner threes yeah. first. And I think I think that's something, you but know. If he do, but if he does that and teams don't guard him and he doesn't make shots early, they won't – He it's a, also a quick way to get him. Oh, he won't rotation. play. Yeah. Yeah. Because like with Van, I mean, that was the case with Vando, 
but Vando did everything else. Yes. Right. And and was what's the what's the talk to me about the route of how Kessler plays 15 minutes a game next year. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's again, we're recording this on the, the 29th. Without knowing what happens. Yeah. I mean, it, it right now. Well, it's just so odd how the like NBA calendar kind of works here when everybody's changing around on teams. Like we do the draft before we do any of these signings or trades. So as we sit here right now, we've just done the draft portion, none of the signings or trades. And so you have this, like, you still have Nas Reed on the team, who that was the 15-minute a game. Like, right. Nas had that That's role last what year. I was getting at, yeah. He exclusively, almost exclusively, just played his cat's backup. That that was that. Nas is still on the team. I, I'm a fan of Nas, uh, but I recognize his deficiencies, particularly defensively and defensive rebounding. So... I don't know. I mean, if you're going to give Kessler 13, 15 minutes a game, game one, the first month of the season, I, I mean, you would have to shelf Nas and, and not play him at all. Again, I, I wouldn't rule out Nas getting traded in part because of this reason uh, in, in the next, in the next few weeks. But if Nas and Kessler are both on the team and Kessler can't shoot and the, what we talked about before, like he's not able to play make it all in the role, then yeah, they'll they this is a team trying to make the playoffs. Like right. they're not gonna just spoon feed him fifteen minutes a game if Nas is a better option there. So I mean, I, I think it would be that. And then the next step, right, is which in Nas's good moments, we were like, Well, oh man, Nas is having a great month. Can we get him six, eight minutes a game next to Carl too to get him up to 20 minutes a night. I think that would be the progression for Kessler as he starts as the backup center. And then if he is, if the shot is there, if there are more of these things, there's if, if he's a quick learner, then you start talking about, all right, let's, let's see what he looks like, you know, playing, you know, playing next to Carl, because that's the big picture, right? Like you have to at least have that, that goal in your mind that someday those two will play together. I'm, I'm fascinated to see, if it'll be right away, but my guess right now on June 29th would be Carl plays 35 minutes a night and Kessler gets those backup minutes and Nas is either not on the team sitting on the bench or maybe they'll try and make him a power forward. I, you know, I, so I don't gun, know. Gun to your head. If they're, if Nas and Kessler, I mean, Kessler will be on the team, but if Nas is on the team, you would say you'd give Kessler the, the nod at those backup. I, I think I think Nas would be significantly better on offense. I think Nas next year will no be doubt. significantly no better question. on offense than Kessler. But again, we're we're, we're, we're talking about role holes. players we're trying to fill holes. The holes that need to be cocked yeah. are uh, are the rebounding and and the rim protection of this team. So if if Kessler shows any flashes in summer league training camp, I, I think you, you have to give him that. But you know, it also might be the case where it's like. There's a way to ways to go here. Like, you know, Nas, you just take the backup minutes at the beginning of the season. And maybe, you know, maybe it's like Jaden McDaniels, his rookie year, where the first 25 games of the season didn't play at all and slowly kind of added into the rotation. But I think ultimately the answer to that question is going to be determined by once we see what the roster is, you know, three, four weeks from now. And are like, okay, these are the bigs you have on the team. These are the players you have around them. But 
I don't know. I mean, I, I think in ways Kessler could be really helpful, not only to cap, but to D'Lo on both sides of the ball, rim protector, a, a bigger pick and roll option. D'Lo had a ton of success with Jared Allen in, in Brooklyn. So Kessler, we didn't talk about this and it's a very small thing. Kessler's a really good screen setter, by the way, it's completely that, note. that extends the go bear comp. Too. Correct. And when you're playing with really good players, really good offensive players, like those little things are going to get you on the, like if you're getting ant and, and these other guys shots, like that's going to, that's going to pay dividends. I mean, he's 20 years old and weighs 256 pounds. And I wouldn't say, I mean, maybe he can cut some fat, but he's not pudgy. No. You know, I mean, he's going to work on an NBA body, but he's already massive. Yeah. Huge. Like, and not, not just so that to the screen setting thing, like that's a wall to, to yeah. navigate. If he's setting a screen for D'Lo or, or Ant up there, that, and that might sound like a, like a silly, like, you know, positive trait, but ask, ask D'Lo, ask Ant, ask Malik Beasley. Like it's that, it matters. I know. I mean, it, yeah, it feels like a meme or whatever where yeah. people like make fun of that with Gobert. Watch the Jazz play. Yeah. What, just the, the for Donovan Mitchell, for Joe Engel, whatever. Like when Gobert sets a screen, it is very hard as the point of attack defender to stay connected totally. to, to Donovan Mitchell in that spot. And, and with the Wolves, I mean, with D'Lo and with Ants in Minnesota, like, Who's been a good screener on this team? Carl, that's not a strength of Carl's. Uh, Nas is kind of like a like touch you and spin off of it, focused on the role. Like there's value, particularly with guys like Ant and Dilo who are pull up guys. Just set me a hard screen and let me like get my one two into sure. a, into a pull up jumper. I think that's a good point that Kessler will definitely hit. Do we have anything else on him? We need to hit him. What do we miss? I think that's all. Thank all I got. So, so just to recap it here, uh, what he will be able to do, um, we feel confident he's going to be able to defend the rim and offensive rebound. That's not a, <laughs> don't think that's a hot take in any way. Um, what we, what was your, he won't be able to do. Oh, he like staying on his, staying on his feet. He's a little, he's a little jumpy. That's like, more what I don't know. Mm -hmm. Cause okay. he's very jumpy, but you would agree with me that posting up it's fixable for sure. Yeah. 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 Oh, that, that is. But the post up is probably the one thing that is out. Yeah, like that is just not going to be his game. And then the question marks are: Can he control his jumpiness to stay out of foul trouble? Can he be a playmaker on the roll? And can he, can he shoot? shoot the three at a? I mean, it's it's not that high of a bar to shoot the three. Like even if you're low thirties and you're a center, then you can at least stand out there, you yeah. know, and and be able to. I think that's. That's all you're hoping for with Kessler, and and who knows, you know, maybe some other big lumbering white dudes like Myers Leonard, who eventually, you know, they just rep out that shot, and they're a forty percent three point shooter because they're getting open looks. Like right. Kessler's going to get, he's going to be open on the perimeter if he wants to, whether it's pick and pop or just or just spacing there. But I think that's Walker Kessler. Um, I'm going to wrap up this episode uh, with Will DeBerg. We're actually going to record another episode right now on Wendell Moore Jr. Um, if you're finishing this, you can go, I guess, look ahead into your feed uh, for for this for the next episode, which is a film review of Wendell Moore Jr. I also recorded um, with Britt kind of reacting to the introductory press conference. That will be the previous episode in your feed. We'll have a lot of stuff here uh, surrounding the draft, free agency, and summer league coming in the next few weeks. Will, thanks for doing it, and uh, for another episode. 
Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.